in a beautiful mountain town in northern BC, halfway between Prince George and Prince Rupert on Highway 16. Smithers, BC is the home to many very talented artists, and I've decided to sit down in conversation with some of them and find out just what makes them tick. Welcome to Conversations in Art. I've come to the Creative Station, a gallery and a repurposed office space, a little off the beaten path here in Smithers, BC. I'm here to meet Mark Truro. He's a prolific landscape painter with a very unique and beautiful style. So Mark, tell me a little bit about yourself. See, graduated from Alberta College of Art from 1991. Moved here immediately. So looking for a kind of a small town living with my wife and we didn't know how long we'd stay, but we're still here and not going anywhere. So yeah, didn't paint a lot coming out of art school, which is a common story from art school grads. Not sure what to do with yourself afterwards. You've been told you're not going to make a living painting. Then the percentage is extremely low. And yeah, took me about five or six years to get into gear and get going. And so hard at it since. Yeah. And did, and has your style evolved in that time? Yeah. I would say it has quite a bit. I guess I've always been interested in bringing sort of abstract ideas into landscape painting. So I think of them as contemporary landscape painting. Yeah, not traditional landscape painting. My work's very colorful. As someone just yesterday called me a colorist and I've called myself that, I guess. So I work with a lot of color, you know, trying to really maximize the emotional impact of a scene on the viewer. So I find that exaggerating things does that. That feeling of taking photos of a landscape and, and then looking at the photo and feeling like, oh, that doesn't really capture it. So I'm trying to amp everything up. I get the feeling of a place or a time or yeah. And at the same time, I'm also playing with using more kind of uh, painting language that the abstract expressionists use. So drips and grids and I don't know, just different things that are a little bit not maybe typical landscape painting. So what is it that inspires you? Is it a place, a spot, or is it the moment? Yeah. I guess the vast majority of everything I paint is from around here, probably within a hundred mile radius. And I take photos on, I, I, I used to paint quite a bit like plein air painting on site. I do less and less of that as I've worked bigger and bigger. So it gets very difficult to take a 40 by 60 canvas out and, and it's basically a big kite. A bit of a wind comes up and you're over. And that's just the time factor too of, of being able to try and get something that big down quickly. So I work now from photos mostly, photos that I've taken, hiking. We do lots of hiking or uh, snowshoeing or cross-country skiing. So you're here in the Bulkley Valley. Is it actually the place that inspires you? I was talking to someone yesterday who was visiting and, and they're like, wow, like this is an amazing place. The amount of beauty here. There is like a wide range of landscape here. You've got just the beautiful rural areas, the farmland, and then you've got wilderness and even a variety of that really. So yeah, it's very inspiring here. Yeah. You're never running out of things to paint. No, not yet. <laughs> I can't see it happen actually. And so you're a full-time painter now? Pretty much. Yeah. For years I managed the bookstore and I do a little bit for them consulting, but basically a full-time painter. Yeah. So tell me more about your process. I mix it up a fair bit. Some of the things that I paint are a bit more traditional. I can draw out on a blank canvas, a basic structure of the painting and then get to the, to the painting. I, I work an abstract onto the canvas first and then paint over the abstract with the landscape. So 
that's a nice process that allows all these kind of color surprises to pop through, which is a nice way of, I don't know, just prying, putting some variety into my color palette and just, it, it works out differently every time, almost in a way, but hopefully there's some continuity to my work at the same time as well, even though I do have various approaches. A couple painters I've looked to, maybe just one in particular is a guy named Wolf Kahn and he's an American painter. He just passed away last year, but I find a lot of inspiration in how he uses color. He painted the landscape, but in a very expressionist, colorful way. So that'd be a guy I really look to for inspiration. So what medium do you work in? Occasionally I do a, an acrylic underpainting, but typically oils. Do you have a library of images that you have waiting for you that you want to paint? So I usually have 15 or 20 things printed up and uh, just next painting comes up and I flip through them to see what grabs me. Sometimes nothing does. I have to go back and look through my photos on the computer. I've got tons and tons. And do you work to commission ever? I do some commissions. I try and spread them out a bit because even if they're a relatively free commission, someone's just saying, I want this scene, there's something about them that kind of tends to tighten you up a little bit. And so I do them for sure and always grateful for them, but also put limits on them, maybe five a year or something like that. So how long does it usually take you to do a painting? Yeah, there's a range for sure. And I don't know, it's really hard to say to put a kind of an on average. On the easel right now, I have a 40 by 60 river scene. Um, that's going to take me well, at least five full days, six days. If it goes well, if it doesn't go well, could be quite a bit longer than that. On the other hand, there's the occasional painting that may come together in three or four days if it, everything goes smoothly and once in a while they all lay down just perfectly in here. Yeah, that's always a good surprise. <laughs> and then there's ones that are struggles that just really take a long time. Right. Yeah. Will you work on several paintings at the same time? I do, yeah. Right now we're standing in the studio and have probably six or seven unfinished paintings in here. Part of that is that the oil painting takes several days to dry. And so sometimes, and sometimes I'm working wet on wet and other times though you're wanting the, the bottom layer to be dry. Mm. Otherwise you end up with mud. <laughs> and is your work very much about layering colors? Not necessarily that the one that's on the easel now is probably going to have a fair bit of layering going on. Other ones, I kind of lay it down more in just planes of color and leave them be. Yeah. So it's, yeah, not always the same thing. Do you have an aha moment when you're like, yeah, this is it? Sometimes. Some, I, I lump starting paintings. I always have a hard time finishing paintings. So the finish, sometimes it's declared by, I'm just tired of working on this painting <laughs> and I really don't know where else to go with it. And once in a while, there's something where it's just boom, done, you know, and that, and that, that always feels good, but yeah. It's quite interesting as a layman to look at your process. Uh, how would you describe what it feels like going from a white canvas and a picture on a piece of paper to these stunning symphonies of color that you put down on your canvases. Uh, it's, yeah, it's very satisfying. Yeah, like it to develop a painting and, and come up with something that you stand back at the end and say, I hope that's a good painting. I think it is. That Yeah, that's quite satisfying to do. It, it's on, on one hand, people have said things like, wow, you're painting full time. That must be fun. And I think fun's really the wrong word. It's hard work, like, and, and there's really frustrating days and yeah, joyful sometimes. Yeah. But fun isn't really it, but you do, I don't know. It feels like a very worthwhile thing to do painting. I, I find to express the landscape and to get those out there and 
people can enjoy them in their homes or businesses or wherever. And that feels very worthwhile to me. Did you always know you wanted to be a painter? I was always into art as a young person. I'm not sure that I was raised in a way that I necessarily knew that was an option art school. I'm not sure that ever came up. I went to a year of university taking pre-agriculture courses and all the sciences. And I was just like, man, I don't like this at all. And looked at, well, one of the things I really enjoy doing, and that's the point where I was like, oh, yeah, art school. And yeah, so that's kind of, but I always did art, but um, I didn't really have that path in front of me. Just raised in a working class neighborhood and parents, and, and that wasn't really something that people did. Where did you grow up? Uh, Calgary. And I went to Alberta College of Arts where I went and, and did the four-year program there. Right. Yeah. Do you feel that within the arts, there's the school learning and then there's the world learning? Yeah, I've had this discussion a few times because like parents will approach me that their kids are thinking of going to art school or whatever. And what do I think? And in my day and age in art school, graduating in 91, art school was very much focused on conceptual art. Um, not very technical. There wasn't a lot of teaching of kind of academic style learning, but I really enjoyed that. I loved it. I loved art school. Well, there's certainly very good painters that are self-taught. I don't think I'd be the same painter that I am in a different path if I had just been self-taught. I, I think that art school is very important for developing me as a painter, e even though it's, well, I'm not an academic painter. I'm not a technical painter. Right? I would think of myself more as a contemporary artist. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does. There's different technical things you learn about light and about different mediums. Yeah. And there was not much of that in, in art school. Yeah. There, there was in the first year, you certainly did the, a fair bit of drawing and some of that then learning to see values and, but that certainly wasn't the emphasis of art school. Yeah. It was more, much more conceptual than that. A lot of, I was in the painting major and, but most of my fellow painting majors were doing things like installations, video art, which was kind of newish at that point. Yeah. Performance art. That was a more common thing than actual painting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, painting was somewhat frowned on. I, I think that's, I have thought that I imagine that. And I've read other artists who have said the same thing since then. So, yeah. Why do you think that is? Just because painting was not new anymore and maybe the feeling of it having come to an end that painting is dead is well, i can't remember who the critic was but one of the critics said painting's dead sort of feeling like there's just nowhere to go with it i didn't feel that way myself and, and persevered and and uh, i certainly don't think that now and i don't think actually i think that sort of passed by i think paintings has has continued of course and but even within the contemporary world i think it's still doing well as far as the business of painting, can you still make a living out of being a painter? I'm trying to. It's, it's a pretty tough path, I think. But there's a number of artists in Northern BC that, that are to some level or another. I can't really speak to people down in Vancouver, but it's a tougher path than a lot of other paths. But yeah, I think you can. It's, if you're hoping to make a lot of money, maybe you should become a lawyer. <laughs> so what is it about the Bulkley Valley that inspired you? Obviously, it's your subject matter. And you feel passionately about it, but do you feel connected to it? Yeah. And some of that's based on what we've already talked about, the sort of the, the beauty of where we live. It's also the community itself. Like it, Smithers is a very interesting community to live in. There's lots of interesting people and a very supportive 
community of um, people who buy art and support artists, lots of other art going on, music. So it's this very well-rounded community. It's a nice place to, to live and make art in, for sure. There's definitely some beautiful art coming out of here, and it's so diverse as well. Yeah, yeah, I'd be interested to see who else you interview because there's any number, yeah. Which I'm not sure there was like 15 years ago or 20 years ago. So there, there's always been some artists around, but it feels like it's really getting stronger and stronger. Environment is obviously incredibly important to an artist, but do you think that being in a place like the Valley with its calmness and peacefulness gives you more room for creativity? Yeah, I guess it probably does. I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about that, but I think all of the factor in being removed from the busyness of cities and there, there is calmness here compared to the city. You go on down to the city and you realize it takes 40 minutes to drive anywhere. We have a, more time on our hands. You know, Smithers is not exactly a sleepy town either. I don't think like it's a busy enough place in a way you can be as busy as you want, but yeah, like the community itself. I think that provide lots of space to make art, if that makes sense. The Smithers Art Gallery's done a great job through the years. Like I'm a big supporter of them. And for a small town, it's a great gallery. Like it's Smithers is a small town, but it actually is a very good gallery and has lots of different shows and brings people in from other places. Do you think that there's something more that could be done to help artists in the area? Downtown space would be awesome. It's just downtown rent's really expensive and I'd love to have a studio downtown, but again, same thing. So what is the creative space? The gallery leases this space from the town, the creation station. And so I do get to rent this space out on a monthly basis. They won't lease it out though. They're not allowed to lease it out. So you can rent it month by month, which is fine, but it's not really, it's certainly a little bit out of the path of people, not too many people find their way here. Yeah. And it, it's because it's not my personal lease space. I can't really put up signs or that kind of thing. And they do workshops here. Well, in fact, that's mostly what the spaces are used for is workshops. And do they do all different kinds of mediums or is it just painting? Yeah, no, all kinds of things. Drawing classes. Uh, right now, because of COVID, it's mostly been focused on kids, but that should be over soon. Speaking of, has COVID had any effect on you? Not overly, I don't think. When we went into the first lockdown last March, I guess. I certainly felt very pessimistic about how that was going to go for me in the next year. And that hasn't really turned out to be that way. Sales have, have maintained. For a while, they slowed down and I did a, there's a neat thing that someone in the UK started, I think, called the Artist Support Program. And the idea was making quite low-priced art and you'd spend 20% of that buying somebody else's art. So I got into that for a couple months and just painted quicker paintings, selling them for $200, that was a price limit, and uh, then buying some other artists' works with that. And so that was really nice at that time. Yeah, when I sort of felt, oh boy, yeah, this isn't good. <laughs> Did any of that anxiety come out in your work? No, I don't think that affected how I paint. With COVID, I think I in particular thought you could either reflect the emotional times by that and maybe make some darker work or I felt like instead almost making trying to make it even more joyful and more sort of that people needed more light and more joy. And so I think I chose that. So I, I did that. Yeah, I did think about that actually. I don't know if it would have really made a difference, but it's my thoughts. I truly believe that artists put a lot of their feelings on canvas during this time and probably scoped through different areas of their lives. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that you can see that in a lot of artists' work. So what are you thinking of for the future? What are your future plans? Right now, I'm just painting like crazy because I have two shows this fall that are overlapping. So I have to have two bodies of work in the next couple months to put on two shows. So that's really about as far as I've thought is like head straight down and yeah, just getting at those paintings. Right. The one in Terrace will be, a, it's the full gallery, but it'll be a group or a group show with, I'm not sure if that's a group show. Is it a group show or anyway, there's two of us, two people, a group in COVID it is. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So that's really all I'm thinking about right now. <laughs> is it a lot of pressure to put together a show? To put together a show at this point is not because I've done a number of them to put together two shows is a lot of pressure. Yeah. Yeah. I've had to really buckle down. Get really big and take up a lot of space. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and certainly, and I don't find that pressure feeling like I'm going to have to make some looser, more expressive pieces that are going to be a little bit faster to paint. And I like that actually. So that's a nice um, benefit of feeling under the gun a bit. Right. Yeah. Cause I, it's funny, like as an artist trying to paint expressively, there's a tendency to get tight and that's not where I'm trying to head. Yeah. So I, I like being loose and expressive. Do each of your shows have a theme? The, the theme or the title of my show in Smithers is color. And so an emphasis on color, which I do anyways, but maybe a little bit more so, but maybe some, like some paintings that are more in a red theme or a blue theme or, which is something different for me. And hopefully people can come by and check it out. What's the importance of a show for an artist or a painter? It certainly always generates some interest. Um, I don't know, that could be answered a lot of different ways. What, one is it does get your name out there into the community again. It reminds people because you see an article in the newspaper, on the gallery, posters, etc. So it's just that aspect of getting your name out as a mid-career artist. Now that doesn't feel maybe as important for me, but it does something different about having your work in a gallery altogether in a collection. It, it allows you as an artist to be able to look at your work somewhat removed like in this studio you're painting on everything you're not always the best person to even see your own work and so you move it into a gallery you begin i think to maybe separate yourself from the work to some extent and see it as a whole so it, and to work towards a show i'm always telling young artists like book a show like just and, and to do the work then of putting together that show it's hard to do especially when your first show or two like it's really hard and then you get used to it a bit, but yeah, just put in that work of putting together a whole show of work is really useful. So where is you, the majority of your market? I do sell some overseas, not much though, honestly, a few into Britain, some down into the States, the fishermen and stuff. Most of my audience is really Northern BC or people who have lived here and then moved away so that the audience expands by, but tends still to be people who have some roots or some kind of link to here. In front of me is a large painting in the works and it's beautiful, bright colors. It's a landscape, river. So what's this one called? I titled it, I think, standing in the middle of the river, something that's maybe not quite right. Something like that. Probably half the painting is just the river. I'm standing in the river when I take the photo of it. You can see the rocks underneath and the water going across the rocks. So it's, it's the, the illusion of transparency. And then there's the colorful bank of the river, some boulders and stuff. Yeah, with some fall colors. Got lots of purple and blues in there, some oranges. Lots of people have noted that. And I, I just really like purple. 
it it actually does exist um up here like when this sort of in certain lights you'll see that kind of purple yeah so it's not like it doesn't exist out there it tends to be all the sort of on the mountainsides or whatever but uh i use it otherwise as well and and just it is a bit of an unusual landscape color yeah yeah i hope i i try not to rely on it too much but i bet you everything i look at it got some purple in it but <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know do you have a particular brand of paint that you use? I'm mostly Williamsburg and Gamblin. Those are probably the two most common ones. Talk to me about your website. I think one of the cool things on my website, which we put together about three or four years ago, is there's a map that shows many of where the images were actually painted. I think a really cool thing to look at, where is that painting in the It's located on that map and it shows the painting and, and uh, yeah. That's got a unique thing. I haven't seen anyone else do that. And so it's worth checking out for people if they're interested. That's an excellent idea. And what's your website? MarkedForrell.com. So it's pretty M-A-R-K-T-W-O-R-O-W.com. Great. Yeah. So talk to me about your process, you know, the actual painting of a painting. And so it's hard for me to say, this is how you should paint because it's not really how I do it. I paint all sorts of different ways. Is there something inside of you that you just need to get down on the canvas? Well, it's probably about having looked at a lot of art through the years and, but also, yeah, and you're trying to express, I'm trying to make everything. I say the term, I'm looking for magic. I don't believe in magic, but in, in painting, I do like it's sort of, you're waiting for something really exciting to come through that. Yeah. And then so how you're banging away at a painting until something comes and you're like, Hey, that's something, something special the way the colors layer up or. I love the movement in the water with the big white reflection. And then there's those lines of almost moss green running through it. It has so much energy in it, but it's also got a calmness. Yeah. And you're just always playing with all of those ideas, right? As you paint, in some ways it go away. In the best painting, you follow. you're not there in a way. It just starts to, to happen. For what I'm painting the way up here, I'm not thinking like all the time, okay, this gets this and you go into the automatic mode when I'm standing back and then analyzing it, I'm like, okay, well, like today I was like, this was all this kind of green color through here. And so the whole painting was beginning to look too much of that sort of greeny yellow kind of mossy, you described it as mossy color. So to me, that's, that was too much that color. And so I knew that I would play in blue. Hopefully rub some of it off. So that's, that's called glazing. And because, so that's something that I would do with oil paint. That's much more difficult to do with acrylic because acrylic dries within a minute, sometimes certainly at thin cold flame, maybe 30 seconds all sometimes. And then you get that variation and get a bit of a glow going on. Then you can decide that's not really quite the right color again, layer on again, if you want to. But I, to me, that's now getting to be much more pleasing that I got rid of too much of this bossy green color. It's beautiful. Yeah. It turned out. Mark's show Color is presently hanging at the Smithers Art Gallery, and he has a show with fellow artist Mark Tebow in Terrace for the next month. I'll be interviewing him next week on our next podcast, so tune in. This podcast is sponsored by Roadhouse in Smithers, BC. Internationally inspired comfort food, Check them out on www.roadhouse-smithers.com.